0: Ha, ha, ha. getting you to shut up is the problem welcome to boozicals wow <laughs> the, the podcast where we drink and talk about musicals and raise money for music education and just have like a really good time sometimes we have some insightful conversations sometimes, sometimes we, sometimes we like talk about dumb shit that's also fun yeah i love it welcome back
1: welcome back um, so first off, we're gonna start off with our super awesome brand, not brand new, but brand new to this season, musical term segment called, uh, and I don't know how you're gonna feel about this, Terms Just and Conditions.
0: It. Terms and Renditions, like Terms and Conditions? Yes. Nice. Uh, let's see them apply. Go for it.
1: Okay. <clears throat> so, our term for today is...
0: That was a big
1: one. It's actually not that bad. It's a narrow shot glass. Um, Instrumentation, which is the particular, or refers to the particular instruments used in a piece of music and or the manner in which a piece is arranged for instruments. So, for example, if you have the same exact duet, but one is played with a piano and violin and the other is played with a cello and clarinet, I don't know um (laughs) those two pieces those two uh renditions have a different instrumentation fun 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 um the composer that we're going to be talking about uh was talking a lot about how um he focuses on instrumentation based on like evoking a particular feeling or or uh creating a particular effect um and instrumentation certainly does have the ability to change the way a piece of music feels to you um so i just thought that would be a cool thing to highlight for today
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And today, the musical that we watched was...
1: Joseph, King of Dreams.
0: So, Raven, why did you choose this?
1: Okay, so here's the thing. Joseph, King of Dreams is like the biblical... I have a lot of thoughts. It's like the biblical and sort of film cinematic uh, prequel to Prince of Egypt. Um, So it was... The story itself is... um, adapted from the story of joseph in the book of genesis in general i love all the stories that it tells and i love a lot of the adaptations of those stories because i grew up on them um so i grew up watching both this and prince of egypt uh, as long as as well as like you know veggie tales and all that shit um so i really loved this And not much
0: outside of that
1: not much outside of that, to be honest. Um.
0: Listeners, that's that, that's why.
1: <laughs> um, so I grew up watching this and Prince of Egypt, and I actually liked this one a little more. Um, for no particular reason, I think I think Prince of Egypt is like an objectively better film with objectively yes. objectively better music. But for some reason, Joseph yes. King of Dreams, like I think it's because of the story of Joseph, I physically just resonated with more. Um, which is its own yikes. But on um, the story, yeah, I was just like, <laughs> which
0: which part did you? Resonate more with.
1: Sure, we're not going to talk about that today. No, no, um, we're going already, to talk about it. I already had my therapy session yesterday, sir. Um. So anyway, <laughs> uh, this is the 2000 DreamWorks Animation musical drama film. Direct to um, video. Direct to video. It, yes. It's important
0: because you can tell.
1: <laughs> you can tell it's direct to video. Fair. Um, So, the drink that we're making... Oh, I would actually love your help coming up with a name, because I could not, like, think of one.
0: Oh, I'm not going to be much help.
1: That's fine. We'll figure it out by the end of the podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. So, the drink today is based off my favorite scene from this film, um, which is the scene where, if you have seen it, uh, or we'll be talking about it in 30 seconds, but um, Joseph is imprisoned in the Pharaoh's dungeon. He kind of nurtures a young sapling to, like, full-grown adulthood, like, tree... Um, while in the dungeon Um, and i always really liked that scene and the song um that's like part of that musical sequence so the drink today is like elderflower liqueur um rye or rye whiskey or your brown liquor of choice Um, i went with brandy
0: because that seemed fun
1: it does seem fun and i'm really interested to, to see how you feel about it um lemon juice bitters um, a little bit of cold water, and then garnish with either sage or just your herb of choice um, to sort of give the visual representation of the scene. Um, so this is probably one of the most symbolic cocktails I think I've made on this podcast. Um, so the I chose, I wanted specifically to go with like an herby, savory type of taste. Um, I specifically didn't want it to be sweet or to have any sweet elements because... The man's in prison so it kind of didn't make sense um but the elderflower liqueur and like the herbs in general uh you know obviously representative of the tree um in general i wanted to have like a brown color to just sort of be visually representative of the scene um hence the rye or brown liquor um bitters because again in prison uh cold water partially to like smooth the edges and make it a less harsh drink but also because more palatable yes um but also because like a key Part of the scene is him like watering the plant, like plant, um, over and over again, um, and then the lemon juice represents the sun, which oh, I fun. thought was a little fun. Like add a little brightness to the drink without necessarily adding like sweetness or anything. So, let's see how it tastes. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. What are your thoughts? I mean, I like it, but that's because I went through multiple renditions of it.
0: I do like it. The lemon juice is like really cuts into it which Mm -hmm. i like
1: yeah yeah i was a little worried when i upped the elderflower of the cord to 0.75 ounces i can't tell a little too much yeah i'm glad like i think the i think the lemon juice like the acidity of it really breaks through and the thing i was surprised by when i first tried it was how balanced the whiskey is like rye especially for me rye is a very harsh liquor um and i was worried about it having such a large proportion like any liquor having such a yeah. large proportion of the drink. Um, but I, I do think I managed to balance it pretty well.
0: Yeah. I will say that's definitely easy to drink. Um, what about, what about the miracle child?
1: Ooh, I like that. Cause that also like, that's kind I think that does work. the most the
0: common, like, phrase said in the film. In the entire
1: <laughs> film. Oh, my God. I say it so many times. Um, but also, I think it makes sense uh, from a metaphorical perspective with the scene. Because, like, it's a tree growing out of rock in the middle of a dungeon with, like, one square foot of sunlight on it. Um, so, yeah. The Miracle Child. I like that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Right. Should we get into it?
1: Let's get into it.
0: So So this is a DreamWorks film. Yep. We have, like, the disclaimer kind of thing that we saw in the beginning Prince of Egypt as well. What this is based off of. However, they're trying to stay true to, like, the meanings and things like that. Yeah. Of the source material. And we start off uh, seeing um, Star in the Sky, Hawk, and right off the bat, with the animation, because the animation for Prince of Egypt was like really, really good, Very and he spent like so mi- so much time mm-hmm. and money and effort, yes, and just like person power on it, mm-hmm. you can so clearly see when something's <laughs> like direct to VHS, yes, and yes. it's just, and that's not compliment. Compl- it's <laughs> there's like some parts of the movie I was like, wow, this animation's actually good. The majority of it, I was like, what Not. are these facial expressions? <laughs> yeah. Uh it's like <laughs> they don't believe in shading anymore yeah. in a lot of times in direct to uh like VHS movies or direct to home whatever. Yeah. Um and it's just very apparent. So, anyway, so. um new baby in town indeed um,
1: yes yeah, so we're jacob. introduced
0: to a couple of characters we have mm-hmm. jacob oh. the 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 dad that is very fertile and <laughs> he's played by richard hurd um who's been in like a million things he was in yeah. all the president's men he was in a bunch of, episodes of seinfeld uh he was in get out um which he was you know good at being terrible in that um Correct. um He's, like, guest-starred on things like Desperate Housewives, CSI Miami, Sequest 2032, and then we also have Judah, the eldest son, who is played by Mark Hamill, who is, you know, Luke Skywalker.
1: Oh, I did not even recognize the voice, that's crazy.
0: He is such a good voice actor. My favorite Joker, out of everyone, is Mark Hamill. Um, He also was, like, uh, I mean, Mark Hamill... It's been in a million things. But it was also in the Texas Wheelers and General Hospital. Um, and those are kind of like the first characters we see. They're trying. Mm-hmm. We really. I feel like in this scene. You really get a feel between like the power structure in the house of Jacob. Yeah. Um. And it's not good.
1: Correct. Yes. There's. Yeah. Yes, we'll, we'll talk about it more as we go on. Um, but so Jacob has um, his, the, the birth of his 11th son is currently ongoing. And that is, that is the event that they are awaiting. Um, so you can tell he's very nervous. Um, we learn that this particular child um, of the 11 sons, uh, yes, because they're, they're all boys, um, which is interesting. Um, You'd want that
0: many kids, right, Raven?
1: I only want four. Relax. <laughs> um, so Jacob, we learn uh, uh, that this particular child is the miracle child because um, it's he's born of his wife, Rachel. Um, this particular child, who's, who will be named Joseph, obviously, um, is born of his Spoiler. wife, Rachel, who was believed to be infertile. So all of yeah. his other 11 sons are born of his handmaiden. Uh, or her handmaiden, actually. Um, which, fun fact, those biblical stories are some of the, uh, what's the word, inspiration for Handmaid's Tale. Because that's what they used to do when their wives were barren. Fun and, times. And
0: uh, Rachel's played by Maureen McGovern, who's been in a bunch of things. But she was really, really funny in Airplane 1 and Airplane 2, the sequel, is the name of the movie. If you haven't. Have you so seen funny. Airplane?
1: I have not. I assumed
0: you haven't. Okay. No, heard a lot um, of things about it but yeah he just like won't shut up about how barren his wife is (laughs) he basically like takes all of his children takes the baby right next to her stomach and see see this uterus it's (laughs) fucked up and then he starts singing about it and i'm like he she just gave birth stop calling her barren
1: It's wild because she goes on to have another child. And this is not the first time. Like, I always forget whether I get Rachel and Rebecca and, like, Sarah mixed up in the stories all the time because they're all the same family. Um, like, Jacob is the grandson of Abraham. Um, like, he's he is Israel. Um, he's the founder of Israel. Um, so, uh, the interesting thing to me is that this happens a lot in the Bible where, like, some dude is just like, oh, fuck, my wife, my wife can't have kids. I guess I got to fuck her handmaiden. And God is just like, oh, no, like, she's going to have kids. Like, you just just wait. Like, she's, it's fine. She'll have kids. And the dude's just like, nah, bro, I guess I got to fuck her handmaiden. I don't know what I'm going to do to have these kids. And then 30 years later, he's like, oh, my God, my wife had a miracle, baby. <laughs> this
0: wife why I didn't even get that damn book out of schools.
1: Mm, facts. <laughs> it's got pornography and incest. Anyway, so uh, we get into we the get song, into the Miracle, song Child. Miracle
0: Child. Right off the bat, Raven, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't think any of the songs fit this movie whatsoever. That, you the know style what? of them, absolutely fair. not. It's okay, because in Prince of Egypt, everything was so cinematic and so, like, orchestral. And this is like if, like, your youth group put on a play. <laughs> yes. And this was the song they were playing. It was like, hey, kids pulls out acoustic guitar you want to know who my best friend is jesus it starts <laughs> playing that's that's the vibe of this you know that, that right you
1: know i can you know i understand that because um i made like no comments i realized as i was taking my notes i had no commentary on the music itself um even on songs and that's the songs, like the podcast my, <laughs> you know even on the songs my notes were about the plot points that were happening and then occasionally and the vocal performance, because sometimes sp- the vocal performance was still good.
0: Spoiler, listeners, um, partly that's kind of the main factor. I will be rating this very low, just like getting you a little hint right now.
1: Fair. For I later. I I will not argue with that. Um,
0: so um Yeah, we so find Miracle out- Child, it's just like, yeah, my like dry Death Valley <laughs> utero wife actually did something useful i'm like (laughs) that's the song
1: but then we start to see very
0: early on the favoritism uh, yeah, Joseph. Jacob
1: doesn't give a fuck about his other kids. He doesn't even bother to tell the rest of his sons, like, no, I do love you. Like, it is equal. Like, no, he's just like, even when they, they're direct, we can talk about it when we get there, but like, they directly confront him and say like, is Joseph better than us? And he's just like, I mean, like technically no, but like also yes.
0: <laughs> and so, yeah, you just like really see like the the coat that's being made. Yeah. um, And like, it does seem like Joseph is like, good at everything there's like some stuff about irrigation um, but it's just like the ego on this kid's going to be a problem um and he's like being taught and this song is so long yes
1: it does not need to be this long correct
0: and then it's just then he goes to sleep and has a really weird dream and i like the animation of his dream sequences Oh, they're so cool. It's very, yeah. it's very, like, Starry Night Van Gogh.
1: I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, Van Gogh. Van Gogh. The way they... Fuck off. Have, the way they have, like, the flowing, like, grains. Um, it's so cool. So, he's in a field of grain. Uh, we see these he's being chased by wolves. Um, and in his dream, like, the wolves chase him down. Um, and he finds, like, a dead ram. And so... Yeah. Go
0: ahead. Wakes up and immediately is like, there's a wolf here. And at first I was like, does he not understand dreams?
1: Okay. Because, like, the feelings are still real, right? Like, the emotion, the fear that your body feels is still real.
0: And so Um, yeah, they're just, like, so mean to these brothers. Because now Joseph, like, has woken everyone up. And Jacob's like, well, you're awake. Get to work.
1: Yeah. um, So basically joseph he's like oh i want to go like out in the fields and like help my brothers and like, i just want to like spend time with them at this point he's a young adult um or at least like towards the end of his teenage years um and his dad's like no 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 like your brothers like you y'all have different like purposes in life like they get to work in the fields so you have to sit here and like study and learn and, like be a better person um and this is like just like some real shitty parenting um because do not all of your children deserve at educational? Like, we don't even no. know if his other ten sons, like, know how to read and write. You know what I mean? Um, so, eventually, Rachel is just like, let him go with his brothers this once. Like, even even God rested on the seventh day, which, is like, I mean, this is field work, which is, like, the opposite of rest, but sure. Like, go off. Um, so, he goes up with his brothers. Raven.
0: Raven. Nothing... That from these stories is hypocritical whatsoever,
1: not at all, not not in a the single thing bit. Um, so he goes on with his brothers at this point, they all have like obvious animosity towards him because he's his father has done nothing to uh, like hide his favoritism or the fact that he thinks joseph is just better than them
0: Um, yeah and it's very much like oh we got woken up early by you have to work early because of you and then you come in here with your gold lined coat Coat. and says hello feather uh, fellow brothers shall we work today (laughs) i'm like everyone else is in like rags
1: yeah yeah. Um so of course, naturally they tease him a bunch. Uh they trick him into like watching the herd while they go swimming. Um and while he's watching the herd, like one of the lambs runs off. So he like follows it and ends up being confronted by several wolves. Was <gasps> the dream foreshadowing? Oh. So then Jacob shows off or uh, shows up and like scares all the wolves off and Joseph discovers that one of the No, wolves... we need to talk about that. Okay.
0: One, why is Joseph faster than the wolves? Two, Fair point why right. did these wolves give up to this old man with a stick?
1: <laughs> because maybe it's because he was like an imposing figure. You know, some wild animals. You just Do you know how bigger.
0: big wolves are?
1: They are huge. Like, a lot of people huge. are often surprised by how large they are. They
0: are cool. huge.
1: Mm-hmm. Strike one. <laughs> so. Uh, they discover the dead ram uh, and they realize, like, oh, the significance of the tie that this could have to Joseph's dream. They believe that Joseph's dream like basically predicted these occurrences. Um, Yeah. So, then, later on, like, obviously his brothers don't believe it. They're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Wolves eat sheep. That's just like a thing that happens. Um, So, then, Joseph has another dream the next night that involves all of his brothers that's basically, like, they're surrounding him in a circle. They each have with grain, wheat. Yeah, they each have a sheath of wheat that they stand it up and say that again. A sheath of wheat.
0: Say it ten times fast.
1: Sheath of wheat. 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 I had to do articulation exercises when I was in drama club in high school. Fuck that. What
0: was your favorite exercise?
1: Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Mm. Yeah. Or. How
0: actually, now, no, brown cow?
1: I lied. No, my favorite one was, um, whether the weather be cold, whether the weather be hot, we'll be together, whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. I just because it's them. a rhyme and it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so.
0: Yeah, they don't really believe this dream of, like, yeah. you know, them, like, bowing before him. They're like, oh, of course, blah, 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 blah. And like, they Joseph go on. to Joseph just thinks work. he's
1: better than all of us.
0: It's just, um, Judah is not happy about it because like they're saying it's like, this is where they ask is like, do you think he's better than us? And like, even Judah who like does everything around yes. here
1: is the eldest son, like has been around obviously the longest by nature being the eldest son and like physically works the hardest. Like he's not just a, he doesn't just work the field. He actively leads and manages like the operations of the farm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like they wouldn't have a herd without him.
1: Yeah exactly um so that's the like sort of breaking point for all of them of like if you think joseph is better than judah then like we literally can't be with you anymore and
0: then all the brothers are like fuck you joseph and he's like fuck you you're only my half brother and i'm like oh
1: damn yikes yes. um, so um, they all storm off from each other and then we get into the song bloom sung by rachel joseph's mother. i felt
0: like i was like literally at church hearing people sing Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's so interesting.
0: Um, and this song... What? Okay. Raven, tell our listeners, what this song is about. I guess my church like, What this, song is about. Like
1: this, but I get it for you.
0: Um... No, it was just... It just sounded very, like, hymnal, and just, like, kind of the style of her singing was just like, fair. oh, I could see you singing this in mass.
1: I understand that, yeah. Um, so...
0: Yeah, very different church singing. <laughs>
1: What this song is about. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think it's about, I mean, it's about flowers. It's yep. about growing and like growth. Um, one line that i did write down from it was though each is special referring to a bunch of flowers not a one is better than the rest um which like one tell that to jacob like what the fuck um but also the only key theme i could get out of the song was flowers and through that like through the transitive property of flowers um like the idea of like growth and growing as a person and like learning to to be more um Cohesive with others? We'll say that. That's my answer. Final answer.
0: To me, it felt like they were like, okay, be the bigger person with this. Like grow into like who like we like see you like destined to be, like, kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: And I didn't like that.
1: We'll see that's (laughs) fair. Um also one of the things I don't like is that in Miracle Child, it's very evident that Joseph only believes himself to be this high, believes himself to be a Miracle Child, because his dad keeps saying it. Like, the the whole, the like, first two thirds of Miracle Child is, the lyrics are, you are a miracle child, sung by Jacob. And then the They're last they They're like, third, where
0: do you get this idea from? <laughs>
1: and then in the last third, it's, I am a miracle child, sung by Joseph. And, like, I understand that culturally, like the sons and Rachel might feel, like, not necessarily, not even just intimidated, but, like, the the father holds a certain position within the household, right? Like, he is not to be contradicted, he is not to be, like, whatever. So, like, I understand, I understand, like, not wanting to directly argue with him, but at the same time, can you really fault Joseph for having this idea of himself When it's very obvious where he's getting that belief from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so Joseph runs back um, over to, like, where his brothers went off. And he, like, overhears them all plotting against him. Brothers,
0: brothers, tis I. (laughs) I I heard a song from Mom, and now everything's good. (laughs) It's okay. Um, I will be better than you in this situation, am i accepted
1: yes i i will be the bigger man because i already am um so they take his coat and continue like taunting him uh eventually like ripping it a little bit um and then they end up like chasing him down and sort of cornering him and he falls down this like really deep hole
0: like this cavern like wh- what would you that call a that kvass, maybe? It, it's not a trench is yes, it is just a liter- hole? It's
1: literally a hole. Like, when he looks up, we see that it's a, like, it's a weird-shaped hole, but it's a hole in the earth that if looks If we have down- any
0: geologist listeners, uh, yeah. you can email us at boozcols at gmail.com. That's B-O-O-Z-I-C-L-L-S mm-hmm. at gmail.com. And let us know, like, what would How that would be? So you're us? already in a cave, and it's just kind of like a hole that goes to a bottom part of the cave?
1: Like I think, I think it is a cavern system, right? Because if you go to like the Luray Caverns, right? I, I live in Western Virginia. Um, if you go to like the Luray Caverns, you can like go down and down, and like presumably, if you fell through a hole, you would end up deeper in the caverns. But that's, it is very confusing what the.
0: And he couldn't get out, so it's not like it was an additional cavern. Because it was like I, it was like a cavern. Oh, caverns does that imply like being connected?
1: Perhaps. because I, I know. know. Like again, Cavers, geologists.
0: Again, um, Spelunkers. Uh, we know uh, those are our two our biggest audiences.
1: Add us on Instagram at Boozicals. Listen, we need some answers. Yes. Um, so, he kills the
0: fuck out of that scorpion. Out of that
1: scorpion. Yes, he does. I was like,
0: now he's hurting small animals. Okay, I see how this is going. <laughs> Damn.
1: Um So, finally. He's already having,
0: like... Visions, quote (laughs)
1: unquote. So eventually a rope is dropped down, um, and he climbs up to find not his brothers uh, uh, immediately, but rather a few strangers. And we find out that his brothers have sold him to slavers uh, for 20 pieces of silver, which is like, I mean, yikes, but also kind of saw a couple.
0: Yeah, okay, so there's a. Few voices that we've also seen. So, uh, his other brother, Simeon, who also plays the slave trader, uh, is played by Steven Weber, who's also been in the Shining Mini series, Single White Female, in 1992, a bunch of episodes of Chicago Men and 13 Reason Why. Rubens, played by Tom Virtue, who was the dad in Even Stevens. Uh, he's in oh. Green Book, Iron Man 3, Secret Life of the American Teenager. Uh, Levi's played by Jeff Bennett, who is uh, Johnny Bravo, but he was also. Pip from Enchanted uh, when he was, was in Andalasia. Isn't that what fun? What a uh, Issachar is played by Jess Harnell, who was Ironhide in the Transformer movies, but he's also Wacko Warner from the Animaniacs.
1: Oh, okay. Uh,
0: but also we have David Campbell, who plays Joseph's singing voice, but we also have the voice of Joseph, which we haven't said yet, but it's Ben Affleck.
1: Oh, yes. I always... Argo,
0: Gone that. Girl, Batman, uh, Goodwill Hunting, that one Dunkin' Donuts picture. It's... <laughs> I... I miss Dunkin' Donuts so much. There are none where I live. Yeah. And sometimes you just wake up hungover and you just want, like, a egg and cheese on a croissant yep. and an old-fashioned donut. Yeah. Oh,
1: my God. And then, I love an old-fashioned donut. And those hash
0: donut. browns are so crispy.
1: There's And they have, like, herbs in them. They're so good.
0: They're so good. But anyway, David Campbell plays Joseph's singing voice. Um, he's the son of an Australian rock star, Jimmy Barnes. Um, he kind of followed in the music path. Uh, he was in New York, uh, traveled to New York to perform his own cabaret show. Um, Time Out described it as creating the biggest buzz since Barbara Streisand. Um, well, so he was in New I York guess. for a while, but he came back to Australia. Uh, and he took the leading role of Johnny O'Keefe. Uh, And Shout, which made him um, very well-known in his home country. And uh, he was, like, very big into Australian musical theater. Since then, he's performed in shows including Les Mis, Sunset Boulevard, Carousel, Pirates of Penzance. Um, But he's also released four best-selling albums through Australia. Uh, The Swing Sessions, The Swing Sessions 2, Good Lovin', and On Broadway. Um, So, the singing voice, David Campbell, a great name. Very accomplished.
1: Nice, nice. That's really interesting. Um,
0: yeah. So his brothers sell him to slavery.
1: Yes, and he. So he's carted off, um, and the brothers. Oh,
0: also, Raven. Please interrupt at any time. I know you said earlier. Um, Like, reasons why you just, like, I don't like this more than Prince of Egypt. (laughs) I have yet to, like, understand why. So, just interject whenever. Is it when they're like, hey, we'll help the slaves out. And they're like, oh, great. Slavery ended. No. (laughs)
1: Listen, I don't know why. It might have literally been only because of the song You Know Better Than I. But that... Song lived rent free in my mind, and thus so did this movie. Um, I I have no I have no words. I have no explanations for myself, no justifications, and no excuses. Um, I was a child. I don't know which want me to say.
0: Moving on. <laughs> so um, so he his <laughs> is like with the coat. They bloodied it. Um, like
1: uh, I believe in the Bible, it specifies it was sheep's blood. It doesn't really matter in the movie. Yeah, um, and there's
0: like gut eaten by wolves. Um parents yes. devastated.
1: Yep. Understand. While
0: so. his while Joseph while they're like asleep in the desert, he like finds a sunflower, you know, remembering of his home, his family, his mom, and just holds on to it. And we get to song uh marketplace when they make it to yes. Egypt. And this song, so many of these songs, they're just literally saying what is happening. <laughs> yes. It's not like the it's the opposite of Across the Universe, where everything was a, like a metaphor, imagery, or figurative language. This is, you think you're better than us, you're <laughs> not, that's why you are being sold. Like, that. those are like lyrics.
1: Well, um... That are
0: not far from reality.
1: So, anyway, yes, um, he arrived... That's what this song
0: is. And it, I feel like they were trying to get the vibe of the the... Um the plagues song with like the droning yeah, and things like, like, like were, that. But it was yeah. way more cheery than that song. <laughs> it's in the worst like, possible still, way.
1: It's still a chant, but I think it might be in the major key. Um
0: Oh yeah, they're, they're chanting. They're for it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that that's um, that's what I'm hearing.
1: It does I pro slavery you can clearly tell that they're trying to like they're trying to be reminiscent of the music because because he was uh to an extent uh mentored by Hans Zimmer during this process although at one point they said that Hans Zimmer Hans Zimmer got really busy (laughs) and so he had to go off and do other projects while Danny was left to work on this
0: (laughs) that's such a lie that is such a lie like no so. shade to the people that put this together because that takes a lot of talent, a lot of hard work.
1: Yes, um, still. and
0: I know we're like shitting on it, but, Oh, I got to do something else now. <laughs> Bye. Good luck. Everybody else.
1: <laughs> um,
0: that's like, yeah. we sent one email and he responded like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. And that was like the extent of his involvement. And they are like, You had other stuff to do.
1: Um, so yeah and you, you can clearly tell that they're trying to give like the sort of same air of majesty that prince of egypt had um i think the chanting is it gets you partway there but again the the major key and the and the lyrics don't really help um so during this musical sequence we see that joseph is so too scrawny to, he's too scrawny yes because he looks like he's never done a day of work in his life because uh, he's done exactly one day of work in his life um so he is uh, instead of being sold as of like a, a laborer, he is sold to the pharaoh's household as a domestic servant. Um, and we meet Potiphar, well, who is the yeah. pharaoh's uh, top guard. What's up?
0: Who is voiced by uh, James Eckhouse, who's been in Big, The Avengers, Days of Our Lives. He's performed in so many, so many plays and shows. Um, he was also on Broadway. He starred in the Tony Award winning All the Way. Um, but he's done like Shakespeare to Shepard on Broadway um, and so many like off Broadways, like in most of the nation's like regional theaters. So like very accomplished like stage actor. A theater. A theater. It's his craft. Um, <laughs> but he plays Potiphar. Um I love that. Yeah, and um, it's very so, much like you're here to do the housework and they're like, Oh, you clean this entire area by yourself. Uh his wife is there. Uh what's her Zuleka? name? Uh, Zuleika, played Zuleka by Judith Light. Um, who's also been in Who's the Boss? Transparent. Um, she was also in Tick Tick Boom. She was Rosa Ooh. Stevens in that and she's been in a bunch of episodes of American Crime Story, a bunch of things. And they're like, Oh, well, Potiphar is like, wait a second, you're a hard worker, you seem educated, Let, let's see like what other things you can do, and yeah. his wife is like, I want, I want some of that.
1: hmm Um, so, first we see that, uh, Joseph basically saves Potiphar from getting scammed, which like... Who? Why would you try to scam the pharaoh? I mean, he's he's not the pharaoh, but he represents the pharaoh. It's anyway. Um, we see that Asenath, uh, his niece, is taking a liking to Joseph. Um, who is he...
0: voiced by who?
1: Oh, Jodie Benson, or at least her singing voice is Jodie Benson. Yeah,
0: Ariel, uh, also *Salem Enchanted*, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. but also Barbie in the Toy Story movies, oh, and Barbie. then. We also have that auctioneer. He was an auctioneer, but he was also the horse trader. Was played by Dan Castellaneta, who's uh, Homer Simpson. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. Wild. <laughs> also, I mean, he plays a million things in The Simpsons. Uh, he's Krusty, Sideshow Mel, Groundskeeper Willie, Mayor Quimby, Hans Moleman. He's also in Futurama. He was the grandpa in Hey Arnold. Been in a million things. I was just like, oh, nice. Cool nice. seeing you here, too.
1: Yeah. Um, so we get into Love the Love your work. We get into the song "Whatever Roads at Your Feet," which is very pull yourself up by your own bootstraps.
0: It's very is like I'm seeing this opportunity and I'm really making the most of it.
1: Yes, but look at me, me a, decorating in, for my in masters a way, in a way that's like I am personally responsible for my lot in life, um, which is bad need, for I need what's to going work on. Harder. I need to work harder to make my master like me so that I can move up.
0: That and, is, that is what this song is about. Yes. Raven, that.
1: <laughs> I was a child, Campbell. Anyway. And
0: now you're an adult.
1: <laughs> and I realized it's not as good as I thought it was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is is so. this another King and I? Um, Raven, <laughs> I maybe, know. maybe you need to stop picking things from your childhood.
1: I really should because clearly it was problematic. So anyway, Joseph paints <laughs> a mural of Canaan.
0: Also in and... Scarecrows.
1: Oh, yeah, that was interesting. Um,
0: Let's put some gold in a field.
1: <laughs> um, so he, he's, uh Zuleika approaches him, um, asking about the mural um, and like where it is, because she's like, this is in Egypt. Um, and so he explains it to her, and then she tries to seduce him. But he refuses her. Um, But then she lies and says that he made advances on her. So then Potiphar is like, okay, well, I'm going to have you executed. But then she's like, well, no, don't have him executed. He doesn't deserve that. And he's just like, well, why? Why? She's just like, because. And he's just like, oh, okay. Um, So the way the plot explained this was that, you know, like she made advances on him, blah, blah, blah. Potiphar realized she was lying, but then to save face, he just yeah, absolutely. exiled him to the dungeon. Um, and let me tell you, as a child, I understood none of this scene. I did not.
0: <laughs> Were you just so confused?
1: I was so confused for the longest time. Because, like, one, I, one, was a child. But, two, also, still, as an adult, don't understand a lot of social cues. So,
0: Oh, you do not. understatement <laughs> of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is now in a prison. And there's two other people in there. Uh, we have uh, named Butler, played by Renee yeah. uh who's been in a uh, bunch of things: Boston Legal, MASH, Star Trek, uh, Deep Space Nine. And then we have the uh, Baker, uh, played by Ken Campbell, uh, who's been in Groundhog Day, Home Alone, Armageddon. Like you, you know him in like so many things. Uh, but he voices the Baker in it, and so. We kind of like overhear the butler and the baker kind of talk about their dreams and stuff. And Joseph goes from, I have weird dreams that predict a future to tell me your I dream, can predict. yeah, your future from your dreams. Which I was like, not sure when that happened. Um, <laughs> but we hear the butler's dream. And basically Joseph interprets that in three days you're going to be asked to work in, for the pharaoh again. But for the baker, in three days, you will be beheaded.
1: <laughs> yes. And both technically come true.
0: Yes. hmm And they're, like, when they're take, being taken away, it was like, tell the pharaoh of my gift so I can get the F out of here. But yeah, he's in there s- he for doesn't. a while.
1: Yeah, so, like, we don't know if either the butler didn't tell the pharaoh about him or if the pharaoh just, like, didn't care um, but he ends up stuck down there for quite a while.
0: Um, he, We do 100%. learn that he's away from his family for 20 years.
1: Now yes. the drink? Absolutely. YB. This is
0: a great time.
1: 100% B. RB. Campbell, do you remember being back in, like, third grade and having, like, music class and learning to play the recorder and, like, hot cross buns?
0: Fun fact. So, you know, I know... A lot of wind instruments. I physically was mm-hmm. not able to play the recorder. My teacher told me just to stand there at the concert. But yeah, I'm familiar with the concept. <laughs>
1: that's so... Wait, that's so That's so sad. It's okay. I can play you the
0: bassoon. Want... I've gotten over it. I don't feel bad about it.
1: That's fair. I suppose. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll move on. Put a pin in that. Um, put, put a pin in that. Boop. Um, so... Unfortunately enough, uh, there are students all across the country that have never before had a general music education class and don't have the ability or the opportunity to access music education um, and get the chance to learn tons of different wind instruments um, or even just the recorder. And that's why we are partnering with Education Through Music, which is an organization that partners with low-income schools in New York City to provide students better access to music education.
0: Also, 53% of New York City schools do not have a music teacher on faculty full time. So Education Through Music also provides weekly music education by putting qualified music teachers into these schools.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons this is so important is because motivation for learning means motivation for staying in school. And a lot of the students that are able to be involved in these music programs report that they have uh, attended school when they otherwise would have skipped um, or like stayed in school when they otherwise like wouldn't have wanted to stay, specifically because they were looking forward to music class or they were looking forward to ensemble um, and, and getting to learn uh, specifically about music.
0: And you can support and learn more at p2p.onecause.com slash That's p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. Can help out. Do you have an instrument that you've neglected and now it hates you? Do you have too much money and think, hey, this can go to a good place? Neither applies to me, but I want to talk to you about the Dodorio Foundation. They believe in the transformative power of music and that mentoring and building communities through music can positively affect social change. 100% of every dollar raised goes directly to support efforts to get kids involved in community music programs, acquire and maintain instruments, provide college scholarships, and support new innovation in music education. You can learn more and donate at www.daddariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That's wwwdedariofoundationorg slash about slash donate.
1: Hey Bay listeners, pop quiz. Who was your favorite teacher in school? Did it happen to be someone who inspired a movie? Did that movie later change the world? Because that's exactly what happened with Mr. Holland's Opus, the story of the profound effect a dedicated music teacher had on generations of students. The composer for the film, Michael Kamen, later started the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation in 1996 as his commitment to the future of music education. Today, the foundation works with schools nationwide to audit their music education programs, supply quality instruments, train teachers on basic instrument repair, and even offer customized consulting to make sure the school's program fits their students' needs. The impact of this foundation now ensures that hundreds of thousands of kids across the country are granted access to learn and play music in school, keeping music education alive and well. If you're interested in supporting their mission, you can donate online, over the phone, or even while you shop Amazon or eBay. Visit mhopus.org slash donate to learn more.
0: <laughs> anyway, cheers.
1: Cheers. Clunk.
0: Clunk. Oh. So now we are at the reason why Raven picked this. Uh, you know better than I. Yes. So, Raven. This song, very much about having faith. Yes. This was a weird montage that it was very much like, oh, I'm working hard. I'm getting things done. And some things, like, he was working hard. He was studying. He was taking these different opportunities. But other times he was, like, betrayed by his family, sold into slavery. <laughs> so I, it was just kind of like, why do we get this recap of this hour and 15-minute Movie,
1: yeah, it hasn't been this long or that long no. since these events have taken place. Yeah,
0: it just is like the truth is gonna come clear. Um, let's see, gotta it's very much Jesus take the wheel. Um, let go the need to know why couldn't be me.
1: <laughs> so, I realized, oh in re watching this movie, yes. that... I feel like this song and the movie as a whole, cause this is like the climax basically of the movie for Joseph's story, um, has a very like fundamentalist view. <laughs> and in that it's very, Some much like, said yeah, no, like, like struggling is supposed to happen. Like pain, like, ev- like you're supposed to like be miserable sometimes. That's the point. And the point is to just let go and let God, which is a phrase I've heard many, many, many times in my life. Um, and I still like uh-huh. the song that I okay. recognize that the message is bad and you know, yes. that's growth.
0: <laughs> this song was very nineties. It was just very yeah. much young life. Let's I
1: feel like it like orally it reminds me of a little bit of You Raise Me Up. Not necessarily in the lyrics, right? But like, oh just... no,
0: I, I can I can see that with like that kind of style. It's very yeah. much like You have a friend that goes to like youth group and they're like, (laughs) they tell them like bring their friends that like don't go to the church and Mm -hmm. we'll do fun things together. And then you're like, oh, I was invited to like my friend's church hanging out with them. And it's just like, yeah, I guess like what we're doing is fun. But like there's just a weird atmosphere going on. This is a weird montage. This is a weird movie. Raven. It is. <laughs> I wasn't really into like, it. Like, because it's very
1: much tying his, um, it's very much tying him going to slavery and like the mistreatment that he experienced. And again, it's like how how whatever roads at your feet is very pull yourself up on your bootstraps. It's like, like the he's not here through any fault of his own, right? Like it's no. not like this isn't a debtor's prison, right? Like he didn't like. Like one gambling is an addiction, we can talk about that. But like, it's not like he like gambled his savings away or like drank his savings away or like anything like that. And like, now he's ended up in this position. It's he was sold by his brothers.
0: Yeah, they make it really situation. clear in the marketplace when the lyrics is no matter your race. So um, <laughs> it's 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 not like specific. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> and yet, the idea is that he
0: he made it out
1: why can't anyone else (laughs) (laughs) so at long last Potiphar visits joseph and he says that he's come because the pharaoh has been having these nightmares um that the priests or or advisors uh, in this context um cannot interpret so he goes to the pharaoh um and he tells him about his dreams he sees like these healthy cows being devoured by sickly cows and then these healthy ears of corn being devoured. I was by so the confused about that
0: corn. the sickly cows were statues of Anubis bulls
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but the, the imagery a lot of times doesn't make sense well the imagery for the ears of corn somewhat made sense but I like
0: that cows. one it was very much like uh like an RPG like enemy plant monster
1: yeah, I really liked how like, the, like the, Link
0: the, would like sh- how the like the end of the bounce sprout, back like, thing turn
1: into it. a little like
0: Head. almost
1: Venus trap like lizard mouth type
0: of thing. Feed me, Seymour. Yes. Yes. Also, yes. the Pharaoh is voiced by Richard McGonagle, uh, who's been in a million things. He was the Aventure Last Airbender. He was in Ben 10 Rules of Engagement. He's also the narrati- narrator for Five Hundred Days of Summer. Still haven't seen it. Uh, sorry, I still Whitehead. Haven't seen it either. Yeah, I'll see it eventually. Probably not. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, these dreams, I was, I thought it was really interesting. Every person's, uh, individual person's dream, that it was animated differently.
1: Oh, true, yeah. Um, the the one for the cupbearer, or, or the butler, really reminded me of the way um, the Deathly Hallows sequence. Uh, oh, yeah, that was good. Visually, um,
0: yeah. And so, yeah, the sickly cows one. But then, like, the grains and the stalks, like, eating the good grains, um, Joseph says that's kind of, like, the same dream. You're going to have seven good yes. years of agriculture followed by seven bad years. So this seven is what you do. Yeah. You should store some of the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, and then they're like, that's a great idea. So Joseph
1: the, invented the reservoir.
0: Well... Um, they grain silos in ancient Egypt actually go back to like I think it was like 2100 like 2050 BC, which is like 400 years supposedly before like this so I was just, because when I watched I was like, do they have grain silos like like that and they did. So I thought that was fun. I learned yeah. something. So now uh, he has great standing in this country. Yes. only the He's- Pharaoh is above him.
1: Yeah, so he's granted second command, and the pharaoh dubs him uh, Zafnath-Panea, which I was looking up some, like, meanings of what this could be, but a few of them uh, that were theorized are uh, the man to whom hidden things are revealed, uh, the man okay. who revealeth mysteries, a finder of mysteries, explainer of hidden things, explainer of secrets, and um, Velma. And then he who deciphered the hidden. So basically he knows shit. Yeah. I drink and I know things.
0: And then so he falls in love, he gets married to Jody Benson, and we get into the song More Than You Take. And again, Raven. <laughs> What's the the music doesn't match the setting or the plot because this is like everyone's working together now let's like not all take too much like we won't like oh we'll help yeah right no you're not going to help (laughs) and they're like it's okay um now we're all equal, but I do want to make clear to you that you are still slaves.
1: Fair. Yeah.
0: That is what... What was your impression of this song?
1: My biggest impression was that Joseph still wasn't doing any work. <laughs> um. So they had like... He has magic.
0: Biggest... He doesn't have to.
1: Fair. Um, oh. Like, he's like sort of the coordinator of this whole... Oh.
0: It does seem like he developed an irrigation system for them.
1: Yeah, but he. Had, but here's <laughs> my thing. Irrigation already existed also. Yeah. Because yeah. he also supposedly invented irrigation back in the day at his father's farm. Um, but I'm pretty sure ancient Egypt had... Well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they if had...
0: They, they had grain silos. I'd be surprised if they didn't have an irrigation system. Yeah,
1: I mean, like, ancient Egypt was one of the more technologically advanced uh, civilizations of that time that we know of. So yeah.
0: yeah. So now we're just kind of like rationing out the grain to people.
1: Yes. Um, see these
0: little kids, Mina and Maya, yep. which Mila, My- Myla, Mila's eyes kept on changing.
1: A lot of their eyes have changed. Sometimes they have like, have you could
0: see the white of their eyes. And then sometimes it was just pupil. Uh, and <laughs> she dropped her doll, which was, um, Terrifying. It reminded that me doll, of the
1: doll at the end of the sequence, um, the a girl with fighting force sequence in Milan, the one that you see that indicates yes. like the burning village. It
0: reminds yes, me of that doll. Th- that meets uh, Cynthia from Rugrats.
1: <laughs> Not Cynthia. She's the weird Barbie, the one you, uh, the one you Cynthia. She's a really good
0: hard. dancer. So they're passing out grain, and then the yeah. people to like ask next are Joseph's brothers and. Joseph's very much is like no, they're foreigners. Build that wall. <laughs> like he was like so quickly.
1: I mean, but like
0: so. Fair, so like they're quickly. they're an
1: understandable trigger for him. I can I can understand it. But yeah, he goes full on like, "Nah, they're lying." Um, he they they mentioned that they have a youngest brother at home, and he's like, "You're just you're just spies trying to like steal our grain." Um, and I and
0: he's he like thought they I were lying. They're like, the "I'm the brother. youngest brother. He's not at home. I'm going to make them confess." Yeah. So he sends one of his brothers to prison. Yep. And they were like, bring the youngest brother here, and then we'll talk.
1: And I thought it was funny that they were literally like, what will that solve? Like, what will bringing him here, what would that prove? And he was just like, that you're not lying. And it's like, Joseph.
0: And then he said I, to them you go to, a, to, to the debate, room. but her emails.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Joseph said, lock her up.
1: Lock her up. Um, so Asimov confronts him about his actions. And it's just like, no, it's just like what the fuck, fuck? are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like they're they're just trying to feed their family. And, and he's then just he like, kept on understand. like... And then he would storm away. Um, well, no,
0: he stormed away like three different times. And then he was yeah. like, they're my brothers. And then like actually tells her what's going on. I was just like, okay, good. Tell her what's going on. Um, and then we get into a reprise of Bloom sung by his wife. And it's just, like, he's so angry. Now that I... Now I don't know what this song's about. (laughs) Because it didn't feel the same. (laughs)
1: Because, yeah, because... It felt like she was still trying to say, like, be the bigger... Like, be the bigger person. Like, but in this perspective... I feel like this perspective is the
0: actual meaning
1: of the song. You should
0: give free food to the people that sold you into slavery. yeah because <laughs> they thought like, your coat was too nice.
1: it's like on the one hand, right <laughs> they're just a hungry family asking for food, yes like everyone absolutely. else on the other hand, he is technically correct like they are not quote unquote from here, but like and they were they
0: were be they were willing to like pay for it though they they're were willing and, to pay and for that's what his wife says and is did, like, and they did mention why are you like the punishing famine? them? they're like they're like trying to just like they're just hungry people they are literally paying for this
1: and they did explain that like the famine that egypt is is experiencing is also they're also experiencing in canaan or like they're also having a food drought in canaan so like that's why they're here um but again we also understand the source and triggers of joseph's trauma you know and i don't know i don't know maybe maybe I'm going to give myself some grace and say maybe that's the reason, like, the underlying story um, of why I found this movie intriguing. Um, I think it's just the story of, like... Because I I liked... I don't know. The story of this movie and Friends of Egypt are related in that sense of that long-lost connection, Um, but the, the reasons for them are very different. And I think... Like in, in Moses, it was more of a realization that, or in Prince of Egypt, it was more of a realization of his true lack of connection. You know, like yeah. the fact that he wasn't his brother, that he was adopted, and that he was specifically of the underclass that he had mistreated his whole life. Whereas Joseph is more the story of finding child,
0: connections because finding he connections
1: was and a, and a child that is the they have been severed
0: for him
1: yeah and a child that is like hailed for truly no reason or no fault of their own but also bullied for that designation as special and i think that's more the thing that i resonated with because um, that is something that i experienced like very young in my youth um and i think i just resonated with the story of joseph more than moses i understand that yeah, but the movie is bad, and so is the oh, yeah, it's <laughs> <really> <laughs> so is the messaging. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so the brothers do return uh, with. with they're like, we
0: have our youngest brother, and then they're like, oh yeah, you're the youngest brother. Uh, what are your parents' names? And he's like, this is Benjamin. He's like, yeah, mother died. Um, stuff like this. Like, dad is like still upset. They're like, to hear that. We had another brother, but was killed by wolves. Yeah. And he's like, "Won't you be my guest then?" And then he starts doing that, like you know, scheming face. Yeah. And they get brought back because they're arrested when they were buying grain.
1: Yes. Uh, well, I thought like, I thought he had sent them on their way with grain, but then they were arrested again. That that part's a little unclear. But they show back up. Arrest, like under arrest they have bags of grain yeah because he, he like while through, he was
0: scheming he was drinking
1: out of a so palace. he
0: he put the chalice in the grain yes
1: that's obvious he yes.
0: framed them
1: yes specifically he framed benjamin so he told them like oh basically they're, they're being brought back on charges of theft um they obviously say like no we didn't we didn't steal anything we didn't take anything all the he cuts open no, he yeah. cuts up in all of their bags of grain. Um, and when he gets to Benjamin's, uh, he cuts it like down the middle, uh, which was a very intentional like difference to how he cut the other ones, because I don't know if the chalice would have fallen out of the other slits. Um, but with Benjamin's, like we see the golden chalice falls out of his bag, the same one that he was drinking out of when he was making the scheming face.
0: Yeah. And then all the brothers were like, no, take us instead. And he's just like, that's what? You you know that concept, and then it was Judah who says, "I can't be the one to break our father's heart again." And he was just like, "Oh, what do you mean again?" He was like, "We got rid of Joseph." Blah yeah. blah 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 blah. Um, and then they are all like bowing to him, begging him not to take Benjamin. And yeah. this was the dream, the second dream Joseph had. Um, and then he was like, "Tis I, your brother," and. I already forgave you. And I was like... Did you, though? <laughs> and then, like, the families meet, and then You Know Better Than I plays, and he's reunited with his dad, but his mom died, so he never had that kind of reconciliation. Yeah. Um, so that sucks. Um, and then it's over. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's, we get a we get a small repri- or a short reprise of You Know Better Than I, and then just credits.
0: So... <laughs> The messaging was so bad, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah, which I only realized on this watch through,
0: <laughs> yeah. And like, um, um yeah. okay,
1: so the music uh, was by Daniel Pelfrey, who is a composer and musician from West Virginia. Um, so mm. a couple of fun facts about him he wrote his first arrangement at 13. And would conduct his school band when teachers needed like a stand-in. Uh, which That's so really much fun. fun! I love that. Yeah. Um, he did, did say what instrument singing. he played. Um, he played several.
0: Can I guess what band instrument he played?
1: Uh, sure. Go ahead.
0: He feels like tenor sax to me, based off of his composition.
1: Oh my gosh. No, he didn't play tenor sax, but he did play alto sax.
0: Oh, even worse. <laughs> I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh,
1: um, yeah. So he 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 went on to study composition formally and eventually learned alto sax. He was he was a multi uh, multi instrumentalist. So he he played like flute. He played um, uh, a bunch of like a bunch of random instruments. Like he said, where he grew up, like the dulcimer, the mandolin, the dobro, oh, and some other string instruments. Yeah, were were pretty common. Um, So he had he did have a variety of instruments that he played, but he did really love the alto sax, which uh, led him to create a jazz quartet and a funk R and B band.
0: That's um, so, so that's sick! So What's funny. the funk R and B band called? I'm gonna listen. I to them.
1: I couldn't I couldn't find it. Uh, it wasn't listed in his bio, and like I'm like <sighs> on his website, Um, okay. So I'm not sure what it. Was we'll called. find it. it might have yeah, it might have just been like playing around. Like I jazz need to listen
0: clubs. to more jazz music. I do. Too. Just my daily life.
1: Yeah. Um, but uh, so he, throughout his career, he's worked with the likes of uh, Carol King, Aretha Franklin, oh. Smokey Robinson, and Eric Clapton, among oh. many others, um, mostly helping with like arrangements or just like kind of playing as part of the band. Um, but he's worked on several commercials, TV shows, films, and games. Um, so some of which include High Fidelity, Enemy of the State, um, the Olsen twins movies, like in general. <gasps> um, Wait. Uh, SNL.
0: Which which ones?
1: I think all of them. Like it just listed it just said the Olsen twins movies. That's So incredible. I think I think he's at least been a player on all of them, if not an arranger.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah. Um, Saturday Night Live, Freshmans of Bel Air, uh, Survivor, Charmed, Roswell, Friends and Days of Our Lives. Um, so he's a lot of like really interesting credits. Prolific. Um, and then uh, the songs were all... So he did the score entirely, um, which again, like, he at least communicated with Hans Zimmer some, as this was meant to be, like, a sort of prequel to Prince of Egypt, um, that went. Mm. Uh, so the songs <laughs> were written by John Buccino or John Bucchino. Uh, I haven't brushed up on my Italian in a while, so I'm not sure how his last name is pronounced. So he's a songwriter, accompanist, uh, cabaret performer... Uh, and teacher so that's really cool um so he was born in south philly uh he started writing songs in high school but interestingly about him um, similar to our friends over at uh, mother long tongue he uh didn't really have a lot of formal music lessons and actually didn't read music um so he taught himself to play piano by ear which is really, really oh, that's, interesting how, that's how
0: my grandma my nanny uh that's how she played piano
1: oh yeah and like he his music was like so good like he was actually like directly complimented by like Stephen Sondheim Stephen Schwartz um, and actually got his start working in theater because of Stephen Schwartz. Um, so he originally wanted to be a songwriter and piano player similar to like Elton John and like Billy Joel, like that type of uh, musician. But Stephen Schwartz like called him up in 1987 uh, asking him to write for the theater. And ever since then, he's been involved um, in that field and uh, also has substantial credits uh working on all types of things like a lot of them are like just a variety of projects because uh, he's mostly an accompanist um, but he has his own like there's an entire page just for his credits. Um, he's such a, a prolific um, musician. so I do think it's interesting that both of the primary musicians for this musical were sort of I don't want to say background. Uh, musicians, but they were accomplished players uh, who they did were some composition and arrangement. They were
0: just musicians.
1: Yeah, they were just musicians. Like they did, they did some composition and songwriting, but that was not the majority of their career. The majority of their career mm. was in accompaniment. Music I see what production. you're saying now. Yeah. Um, so I find that interesting in related to the thoughts we had on the music. <laughs> um. But I could fuck around
0: with GarageBand and figure something out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair, um, but for our discussion question, um, I thought it'd be interesting to discuss uh, Daniel Pelfrey's perspective on um, the instrumentation for mm-hmm. the, the musical. So, um, some of the instruments uh, that he used were he used for more like regional, generic instruments, or generically regional instruments than specifically Egyptian ones. Um, so they were from all over the Middle East, um, some parts of Eastern Asia, some parts of um, Eastern Europe, and some parts of Northern and Western Africa. Um, so he used a duduk, which is a, uh, or sirna poh, which is a double reed woodwind instrument made <gasps> Afrika wood that originates in Armenia.
0: How do you spell it?
1: Uh, D-U-D-U-K is the shorter one.
0: Do I need to own one?
1: They seem pretty cool.
0: They seem pretty cool. Oh, it's like a recorder with a double reed.
1: Didn't you say you couldn't play the recorder?
0: Shut up. Um, <laughs> I could now. Okay, fair. Hmm. Try it out. Continue.
1: Okay. Uh, so you also use the ne, uh, which is an in-blown flute that figures prominently in Persian music, yep. Turkish music, and Arabic music. I uh, love,
0: love, 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 love. Actually. Yeah.
1: Uh, he used the rababa, or rabab, which is the name of several related string instruments um, that have spread independently from, like, Islamic trading routes over much of North America, Southeast Asia, uh, the Middle East, and parts of Europe. So it's a mostly bowed, but sometimes plucked instrument, similar to, like, a, a cello you might think of. Um, he also used the bangdi, which is also a, a variation of the dizi. Which is a Chinese transverse flute. Um, So it's a major Chinese musical instrument that is widely used in a lot of genres of Chinese folk music, Chinese opera, um, and some modern Chinese.
0: Oh yeah, I've seen these. These are really pretty, and I love the sound of them. That's actually the DZ is actually one of my two favorite kinds of flutes. Mm. It's that and the alto flute.
1: Ooh, I've never. I don't know if I've heard alto flute.
0: Okay, we're taking a break. Okay. There's a specific song we played in band. Oh, but that was so bad. That So that's the alto flute. Listeners, yeah, listen oh. to Inchon by Robert W. Smith. Uh, Anna, if you're listening to the podcast right now, um, shout out to you. She was also the head drum major when I was a drum major. Uh, she played the alto flute solo, and she killed it so fucking hard. Ooh, like she does nice. did with like everything. Anna, you're great. I miss you. Fantastic.
1: Nice. Um, so that was the bongdi. Uh, that's similar to the alto flute. Um, so then he also had a- Not similar.
0: One of my top two favorite flutes.
1: Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha so then he had a bansuri which is uh an ancient side blown flute uh originally originating from Nepal um so it's made with like Oh, I've metal.
0: seen these.
1: Yes. Uh he also had a Moroccan flute and he had a zampoña um or a siku which is a traditional Andean uh pan pipe. Um so this is a main instrument used in the musical genre mm. known as sikuri. Um, and traditionally found all across the Andes, um, as well as some other areas and and genres. Uh, So then he also had a variety of percussion, including the djembe drum, which Mm -hmm. is a rope-tuned skin-covered goblet drum played with bare hands, originating from West Africa. He had the uh, darbuka uh, drum, which is another goblet drum that is uh, single-head members Brain of phone yeah, uh, with a goblet-shaped body. So this was actually commonly used in Egypt. Um, it was considered the national symbol. And the they're nation, beautiful. Like they're really they're so like ornately decorated. It's very cool.
0: S- some of them uh, have it's kind of like mosaic adjacent designs on the side.
1: Yeah, that's so nice. Great. Um. So then we also have the dolak, which is a two-headed mm-hmm. hand drum. So this is a folk percussion instrument. Um, and then we have the udu, which is a, like, so it's described as a plosive aerophone, uh, but it's another type of uh, hand drum originating from Nigeria. Um, it so kind
0: of much... looks like one of those, like, like, incense, like, it kind of looks like a oh, diffuser. Yeah, I can
1: see that. I can see that. It does look like a, a diffuser. Um, so Udu actually means vessel. So this is basically a water that's jug. that's a that vessel. Has, yeah, it's basically a water jug that has an, a large hole on the side. Um, so it's uh, traditionally or often made of clay. It can be also made of glass. Um, but it can produce a range of like, pitches and bass sounds and stuff like that.
0: Those instruments are so cool. That's something like once I like am out of grad school and have a job and like money again something i would love to like collect and learn are just like all these different kinds of instruments
1: yeah yeah (sighs) it's it's so cool the number of ways you can produce like beautiful sound or just intriguing sound you know um so question for me yes so for our discussion question um i was interested to hear your perspective on the significance or like impact of like the regional or historical context of a musical in regards to its instrumentation so like i mentioned earlier that danny Pelfrey um used musical instrumentation from all over really the asian continent the north uh, african uh, continent um and not just stuff that was specific to like the regions of canaan and egypt and he was actually questioned on that and he basically said like I, I really think that it's more about um, the evocative or dramatic effect more than the exact historical and geographical use of the instruments. Um, and hmm. while I generally agree with that comment, I was wondering um, if you had any perspective on like, when that historical or regional context might matter, or does it ever?
0: I think, oh, that's interesting. I think that's interesting because like reproduction of sound for yeah. an atmosphere. You can like there's there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, whatever that saying is, which mm-hmm. is a horrifying skin, saying. <laughs> um <laughs> terrible. Uh but it's just like for a certain vibe that you want, like I'm sure there are multiple ways to do it. it doesn't have to necessarily be like the exact instruments. But I feel like using like the actual history and maybe even people from there that like know these instruments, know this music, kind of, people are able to, what it really comes down to, I think, is like the actual like physical thing Mm -hmm. and then the use of the physical thing. For example, the physical thing, like, yeah, maybe you don't have to have the exact type of instrument that was around during this time, this region, whatever, if you can get a similar sounding thing. But the use of the instrument, if people having kind of like the perspective, the history, the culture behind, like, what the music, like, means and, like, the performance of it, I think that's more important. I Does gotcha. that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm feeling the I... brandy.
1: <laughs> no, I get you. And I think I kind of agree in the sense, like, I think when, especially when the culture is the focus of the story, I think that's when it matters like for example yeah. in Moana like right like i think the i think the use of actual polynesian people musicians sounds really made that soundtrack um, and really texturized the actual film itself um, and I think similarly here, like yes, he used uh, he used music, uh, he used musical instruments and sounds from all over Northern Africa, Western Asia, and Eastern Asia. Um, but importantly, he didn't use a lot of Western sounds, like he didn't use horns, he didn't use um, Western stringed instruments like violin and the cello and stuff like that. And I think that does matter still to the actual setting of the story.
0: I know uh, honestly, then it also comes down to, of course, like. Does it matter? That really depends on the audience. For people to, like, oh, familiar with this area, like, what, like, these instruments mean and the meaning of this music kind of stuff, if uh, you were, like, from there, have that kind of perspective, things like that. Yeah, it will matter more to you if it's authentic or not. Or if it's just, like, it just depends on people's experiences and if they're able to be like, oh yeah, I haven't heard this instrument before. Yeah. maybe it kind of sounds like this to like, um, I'm actually like familiar with this kind of stuff. And like, yeah, I understand maybe like the vibe you were going for, but actually takes me out because you're using this instead of this. Yeah. You know,
1: I get that. I get that. All right. So I know I requested, you know, better than I, um as our song for today. i don't know what instrument i'm playing so what are we what are we doing today
0: Campbell? well yeah you only gave me one option usually i i ask for usually three you two
1: or three but i really it's like you know better than i so i was yeah hoping.
0: so that's what we're playing and you're playing the <laughs> violin and i am playing the bassoon
1: i love hearing you in the bassoon oh my gosh it's gonna
0: be rusty so be right back
1: burb Perfect. I think I sounded pretty good, and you sounded I am pretty s- good too.
0: I am so sharp.
1: Listen, Campbell, we've already established I have no intonation, so to me, you sound great, and that's good enough for me.
0: Hey. I played so many wrong notes. It's not even funny.
1: Listen, it is okay because so I can't those play any of two my two low my notes. Surprise.
0: I can't play any of the low notes, so I'm gonna zoom in and we're gonna play the last bit of this song. And be free, because we have five sharks. We have so many more sharps. Yes, we're in this. Yes, yes. (laughs) So F sharp,
1: C sharp, G sharp, D sharp, and A sharp. I hate A sharp. Okay. Yeah. Whoo, we got this. Okay. Mm. One, two, one, two, three, four.
0: That's literally, like, I feel so bad for my boyfriend. This is the worst I've ever sounded on the bassoon. It I haven't is, played in months.
1: It is okay, was because tough. I sounded
0: pretty damn good. Good. Let's be gone with that. I thought, because I was thinking about that, I was like, I don't know if I should play the bassoon. I haven't played in a while. Maybe I'll just play the bassoon part on the melodica. I was like, no, Campbell, just do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what I will say... I just I just said, need to,
0: like, warm up more with, like, the double reeds and stuff like that. I just need to, I like, getcha. get back into it. And I yeah. didn't warm up, so...
1: What I will say, as someone who does not necessarily have an ear for, like, woodwind instruments and that type of stuff, um, I like the sound of the bassoon. I like the sound of it with the violin. Um, yes. You at least were on, like, you were on tempo, you hit, th- like... like Timing of all the notes, so it was a good accompaniment for me. Um, and to me, it still sounded okay. So, great job. Heck yeah. We're a little bit drunk and we're playing instruments that we're not necessarily experts at. Right? Well, I mean, violin is like literally my second instrument, so it's, uh, but it's okay. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. This so down. Campbell, I have some suspicions. But how would you rate this musical?
0: I'd give it like a two or a three. It's uh, like fair. not okay. good. I'll give it um, that. Um, I'd say... I'd give it a two.
1: Fair. Um, I think I will give it a four. And a lot of that is on the back of sentimentality. Um, I still truly love the song. You know better than I. Um, I recognize the messaging, not the best, but I just—it's an earworm for me. It lives in my head rent free, and I just love it. Um, I yeah. love the scene. Um, I love like the visual imagery of it. I think the 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 musical, the movie itself, um, just kind of weighs heavy in my in my memory, in my in my childhood heart. Um, but I recognize. It's not that great (laughs) So it doesn't get higher than a five, certainly. I think I'm gonna put it at a four.
0: Yeah. But with that, Raven, where can you find us and what should you do when you find us?
1: You can find us in so that's all we got places. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Podbean. Well, on Stitcher's Spotify. like not a thing anymore, so not Stitcher. Oh, true, 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 true. Yeah, that true. changed. Sorry. About that, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on iHeartRadio. You can find us on Pandora. And you know what you should do, Campbell, to answer your question? If you find us anywhere and you like us, then you should rate us. You should rate us hopefully five stars. Um, if you have any suggestions for things that we could do better, you can comment. Um, or if you just like something or want to respond to something that we say, um, you can either comment you can email us um, at boozicals at gmail.com or you can uh, tag us on Instagram at boozicals where Campbell posts some very fun photoshopped images of all of our episodes I Um, do them myself Yes. And also, if you rate us, then that just means that if you do rate us five stars, then that just means that we'll be promoted to more people so more people can see us, hear us and enjoy us. Um, And then we can promote music education to more people and share um, our partnerships with more people to hopefully get them more donations, um, more instruments and more ability and resources to help children learn music across the nation. So that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was listening to uh, I listen to the Million Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Our listeners know how much I love it. Uh, but there's a new one out, Worlds Beyond Number. And so it's uh, Brennan Lee, Mulligan, Abria, Ayengar, Erika Ishii, and Lou Wilson. Yes.
1: And oh they my were God.
0: talking about their Patreon, only five bucks. Super worth it. Um, And they have really, really good conversations. I think there's 11 episodes out with their, like, first campaign. And there's also, like, a one-shot Erika Ishii. Uh, DMs, and I think it's like Kids on Broomsticks uh, style, and it's a heist, but they're barnyard animals. Incredible. All of it incredible. But they were talking about how they were like promoting their own Patreon on their Patreon-exclusive stuff, and they were like, Hey, you already found us. You already listening to us. Should we be promoting to you? And it was just a really cool conversation. I'd be like, wait, is that the, what works? Just the constant promotion to the people that are already listening? I don't know. Just made me think, like, what we're doing now.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I've had that question before. Just like, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're already listening to us. But also, it's fun. It's nice to be able to let other people know. Because I have had people ask me, like, Where can I find your podcast? And it's nice, at least on my part, to have practice that street. Oh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) elevator pitch. But it's just kind of
0: like, how much of advertising is reinforcement?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: I know, I've been thinking about that a lot. But anyway, bye.
1: Bye Bye-bye.